All right, we now welcome on Jim Nedro, head superintendent at Indian Creek Golf Course. Jim, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well, how are you? Oh, not too bad, just trying to kind of keep busy in these uh, times. So, yeah. So, you know, kind of starting off a little bit, you know, COVID-19 has affected all of us in one way or another. What's the current situation for your course? And, you know, how has it really changed the day-to-day -day life at Indian Creek? Um, I mean, it's, it's, the course has been busy uh, with, you know, with everything in, in Omaha and the rest of the state uh, having to close. It's provided um, quite an influx of business, which has been uh, great as long as you've been able to maintain, you know, a safe environment. And that was the challenge, I think, right off the bat was how do we process people, you know, through the staging area, uh, you know, give them the first key, get them off the 18th green and get them back to their car and do that, you know, without, without endangering staff uh, or the customer. And that's fallen a lot on the clubhouse staff. So life's been quite a bit different for them. The, the clubhouse has been closed. Uh, we take over the phone payments or online payments. Uh, people show up and there's communication over the phone uh, and they get their carts. Typically they're taking individual carts and they hit the golf course. Food and beverage has been switched over to a similar process. You call in, you place your order, you pay over the phone and then we will basically kind of curbside it outside the door. People swing by and grab it and go. Um, so it's been a little chaotic. You know, you have 250 to 350-plus golfers coming through here, um, all paying over the phone. I think I think James Rolls, our director of golf, mentioned they had you know, upwards of 400-plus phone calls a day that they were trying to process. So it's been uh, interesting and definitely a grind. But, uh, you know, the golfers have been extremely patient. Everybody's just happy to be able to get out and do something and do something in a, in a safe environment. So everybody's been really patient. Uh, and once, once they get out on the golf course, it's, you know, the social distancing thing is easy. And the golfers really seem to be, you know, adhering to the guidelines. You know, it's just when they, when you've got everybody showing up, heading to the first tee and leaving all from kind of the same point, that's where it gets a little bit tricky, but everybody's been, been pretty much in line. So um, from an agronomic standpoint, our team, it's definitely different. Um, you know, we've got a lot of retirees on our crew, which, you know, based on all the guidelines from the CDC, tend to fall into the more um, prone group of, of people. So we kind of slowly brought people back, talked to everybody on an individual basis to evaluate their comfort levels. And everybody, you know, I'm finding more and more you know, everybody's all along the spectrum in terms of how much they're concerned. Um, and so I've just, we've handled it on an individual basis, kind of stayed bare bones for as long as we could. But over the last couple of weeks, we've ramped up and started bringing people in. We bring a few in, make sure we can operate at that number of people. And then we bring a couple more in, make sure we can operate at that number of people. And then, you know, finally this week we're about full staff and, it just changes how we operate through the through the building. We've got our seven or eight full-time people who need to be in the shop. Uh, they've got shop access. The other seasonal guys, we try and limit their access to the shop. Uh, so they, they park their car. We meet them outside in the parking lot. We've got their equipment staged. Most of the you know most 
Bitcoin is staged outside. Uh, what isn't staged outside is spaced out in the shop. They jump on their equipment, they go out, they do their job, they come in, they park their equipment outside, and they leave. We bleach everything down, and then we put it away. Uh, so it's been it's been unique. You know, there's no break room access, no shop access. Um, so it's we're getting by. Um, we haven't had any. I don't, I don't know. You know, the first lightning delay we run into, or rain delay, or you know, a situation like that's going to be interesting when we have 20 guys piled into the shop at one time. But uh, we'll manage that when we when the, you know when the time comes. But um, yeah, we're 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 getting by. So uh, I can't complain. Yeah, I got you. It sounds like you guys are just completely on top of everything. So, you know, obviously, it, no matter what happens in the next couple of months, it's been a weird year. And what makes it just a little bit more complicated for you guys is that, you know, you guys still are planning on putting on a pro tournament at the end of the summer. You know, how does that kind of change your mindset as a superintendent? And, you know, how do you guys approach, like, taking care of the course in April, knowing in the back of your mind that you got to be ready for a tournament later on in the summer? Yeah, I mean, everything, um, the tournament's kind of always top of mind. Um, you know, from from the, the minute the last putt drops on, you know, last year's tournament, you know, it's, it's everything we do kind of, you know, is geared towards the next year's event. So even, you know, last July, August, September, October, into winter, and then coming out, of winter into spring, there's always things we're doing with that tournament in mind. Um, and we've got this balance out here where we have daily fee, daily fee golf that is obviously our top priority. Our customers are top priority, so we have to manage a golf course that's playable uh, for them while also, you know, preparing a golf course that's ready to, you know, handle the conversion to a tournament course, kind of a, you know, the worst time of the season. So, you know, you do things like, I mean, it, Kind of going back, um, it brings the, the COVID-19 situation into play, too. So we've got, we're using individual carts. A lot of people are choosing individual carts. So you've seen a significant uptick in cart traffic and wear and tear. And our soil temperatures are still really low. It just took the soil temperatures today on a couple of greens, and we're at like 58 degrees. And and um, so you've got, you've got turf that is, you know, not really vigorously growing, You've got 40, 50, 60 percent more cart traffic. Um, you know, so last week we decided we were going to start to rotate one of our nines for 27 hole facilities. So one nine each day is going to be cart path only, just to give that course a break. And a lot of that is with the tournament in mind. You know, having good, healthy, dense rough is one of our biggest defenses out here. And so we have to manage. You know, we're managing the health of the, of the rough now in April by limiting cart traffic. So you know, that's just one and specific example of something we're doing now. Um, but, you know, all of our agronomic decisions from, you know, from now through the tournament all kind of have the tournament in mind. I got you. So, I mean, you know, you guys said you, ha you said you have daily fee golf that you guys focus on kind of at what point throughout the summer, are you guys able to kind of give all of your attention towards getting ready for the Pinnacle Bank Championship? Uh, typically, kind of like the you know the four to five week four to five weeks out. So the, our tournament is shifted back two weeks this year. So 
from a calendar standpoint, we'll probably start that push, you know, a little bit later than last year, but, you know, it's still going to be, you know, relative to the start of the event. I would say it gets a little bit trickier that the later in July and earlier in August you get, the less responsive the golf course is. You know, the turf, if it's hot and dry, everything's kind of slowing down and, and you know, it, it, it enters, you know, a little bit of dormancy. And so we can't just, you know, wake up Monday before the tournament's out. We're going to grow the rough out. We're going to firm the golf course up and we're going to do this and do that. Uh, it takes weeks and weeks ahead of time to kind of transition the course. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll start growing the rough four or five weeks out try to start drying the place out and obviously if it rains that you know we, we can't control that but we'll what we can control we'll start to to tweak probably gosh i would say end of june uh, and it'll be minor i don't even know if the things we tweak at the end of june are noticeable to the to the customer it's once we get into that first second week of july where we start to grow the rough out that's that's obviously the most noticeable change that um that a customer's face. I got you. So, you know, with that pushback date a little bit, do you have any concern about tr being able to get the course ready or are you still confident that, you know, that you'll still be able to get it done? It just might be a little tougher. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident we're going to be able to get it done, but certainly, you know, two weeks may not seem like a lot, but when you're talking about end of July, first part of August, that's just two more weeks in the most stressful time of the year that we have to maintain tournament level conditions so you know if, if it tends to be if it's going to be a hot dry summer that's two more years or excuse me two more weeks of hot dry conditions that we have to try and grow rough or keep the place you know adequately watered without overwatering it so you know i'm confident we'll do it we have a really good team and and um you know we'll respond adequately but there's certainly some unknowns about it you know we've we've been pretty good for three years now and kind of in the comfort zone and knew what we needed to do and we've had it's been hot and dry it's been it's been cool and wet we've dealt with everything and we've been able to been you know be pretty successful um and regardless of the conditions we've dealt with but you know two weeks makes a big difference so um so we'll see i i suspect we'll be okay but we're gonna find out i gotcha so during that tournament week, out of curiosity, what is that week like for you and your guys' staff, and what does that look like as compared to just a regular weekend of the summer or week of the summer? Uh, it, it's uh, significantly more hours. I mean, you're pretty much, it's, you know, we're here 4 a.m., and, I mean, gosh, we're here till 9, 10, 11 p.m. I mean, it's, we've gotten, you know, year one was, was really a grind we didn't know what to expect so we were kind of always on edge uh there was never we never really understood when we could take a deep breath and relax even if it was for an hour here or there so year one was tough year two and three we've gotten a little bit better at we obviously know how the tournament flows we know what to expect and how the course has handled it so there have been moments now where we do just kind of you know sit back and relax or take a nap in the shop or you know we, we kind of run shifts so two guys will you know our seasonal crew comes in they're roughly here from Know, 4 30 to 8 39 o'clock and then they come back in the evening again like 4 4 30 p.m until around 8 9 o'clock our full-time guys myself and our assistants and 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 uh, equipment managers it's pretty much you know 
4 a.m. to until 9, 10 o'clock. So we'll run shifts. Two guys will run home and shower, eat lunch, or hang out for two hours while a couple guys stick around. And we'll rotate that through. Some guys take naps in the office. We uh, we just kind of get through it. Um, and that's that's tournament week. The week before tournament week's pretty busy too. I mean, advanced weeks when we get a lot of the course prep done. Once you get to tournament week, the course is what it is. You just kind of maintain it. Uh, advanced weeks where you really, you know, it really transitions from a daily fee facility to a tournament facility. So advanced weeks, the nights aren't probably as late, uh, and the mornings aren't quite as early. But it's still, you know, 12-hour days for sure. So it's a, it's a two-week grind, but it's a lot of fun. It's super rewarding. Um, you don't really realize that you're worn down or tired. Uh, and to be honest, when it's over, you kind of wish it was it was still going on. Uh, you, you get ramped up and you, the adrenaline's running for, you know, two, three weeks. And then it just is over. And you're kind of sitting there wishing it was still um still happening even though it, you know it's absolutely unsustainable to do it for any longer than we do you do miss it yeah i mean you said rewarding how rewarding is it to see your course get the recognition it does from these tour pros and to have them tell you what a great course it is to play on this tournament it's it's a lot of fun uh, uh you know we've you go back to the decision to renovate back in 2009 and the renovation uh, occurred in 2010, 11, and 12, and you know it's. We didn't set out to host any sort of event when we decided to renovate. I mean, it was always in the back of my mind or our mind, like, hey, if we're going to renovate, why don't we at least do some things to the facility that put us in a conversation? And whether we ever decide to go down that road, we'll see. But it would be foolish to to do all this work and not have something that was at least. Um, in that discussion. So it's fun now looking back, I mean, gosh, Bill, it's been 10 years since the first year of the renovation. And you can see what, what has happened. You know, the course is significantly better, the layout's better, the design's better. And now we have this tournament that kind of comes in and, and validates things. Not that we need a ton of validation, but, you know, everybody enjoys to be validated. And that's kind of, a, you know, at right at this point now, that's the highest level, uh, you know, that we can, and we can achieve who knows what the future holds, but um, to have players that are playing you know, PGA quality facilities come in and, and put ours on a pretty equal level as, as, as those ones, it's absolutely rewarding. I gotcha. So looking at this year a little bit, you know, I think everybody has somehow forgotten this in the craziness of this year, but you know, winter of 2018 into the spring of 2019 was just brutal you know there was flooding there was lots of snow all that took a toll on a lot of nebraska courses you know how rough was that for you guys coming out of that year and how's this how's it been a little different for you this year um well we're we're very fortunate last year uh, to be relatively unaffected you know, not relatively almost completely unaffected by the floods it's 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 really unique in that we are probably if you would walk out my shop door and walk a mile to the west, uh, the, it was, the entire place was underwater. And the Elkhorn River is there, and I mean, that the Elkhorn River was, I mean, it seemed like it was 20 times wider than, than the actual channel is. I mean, it was just this massive swath of land that were underwater, and we were completely protected. Uh, you know, we're up on a hill, and we're, it's just, 
it was a non-issue. Um, so from from just a purely a golf course standpoint, we were we were in okay shape there. Uh, pretty fortunate, really. Uh, and so you know, last year was you know the last few years we've had kind of these these weird springs where you get, you get warm and then you cool down and you've got, you know, you look back on it's like, man, that was kind of a, a really kind of a cool crappy spring, even though you had these ebbs and flows where it was really warm. And, um, so we've been dealing with for the last couple of years, really low soil temperatures all the way into the growing season. And to be honest, we're finding that same situation. Now we, we warmed up obviously. Uh, and we had that week. I'm going to say it was two weeks ago now. When the temperatures really fell out, we had all that snow. So you, you know, the golf course goes from waking up and and you know, turf's kind of coming back to life, and then it gets whacked by that really cold temperature stretch, and it really set us back a lot. I'm still I was very surprised with how much that one week set us back, uh, and it still lingers today. I mean, I've already mentioned it, but I went out to cold temperatures on a couple of greens and we're at 58 degrees and 55 is kind of when you get to that threshold where stuff starts to wake up. So we're just lingering above the temperature, you know, the absolute baseline temperature we need for the golf course to come alive. And, and we're seeing that, you know, we're mowing greens and taking clipping volume uh, collections and, you know, you know, we're getting really small numbers, two liters, three liters per green, which is, um, not a lot for spring and not what you want to see as you're going in airification. I'd like to see that, that volume, those volume numbers be quite a bit higher as we're ready to airify next week. So, um, we need some warmer temperatures and the outlook shows maybe below average temperatures here through the middle of the month. So we're kind of in this, we're awake. The golf course is kind of doing its thing, but we're not really there yet. And it'd be, I think the worst thing you can have is a really, really cold spring or a cool spring that transitions right into hot and dry. And we've had that a couple of years recently, and I just I kind of hope we don't have that this year. I'd like to have some moderate temperatures or some decent soil temperatures that you know allow good root growth and and the plant to to really get ready and get strong before we enter summer. Yeah, I got you. Is that, I, out of curiosity, is that frustrating for you guys? You know, you guys do everything you can as a staff to have the course ready, but sometimes it's just kind of up to the fate of the weather. Can that ever be frustrating when, you know, it's not going as fast as you would hope it would, or it's a little static yeah, like that? Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 Mother Nature drives everything. I mean, we, all, our, our job is to react and to try and, and, counter what mother nature throws at us right so we see something you know we we watch our forecast and you know i I tend to not look too far ahead i know i just mentioned the forecast for you know through the middle of may but i I typically i'll look at trends and but i I don't i don't put a lot of stock in anything much more than a week out um but you know we try and do things to counter that um if we know we're going to be wet or we know we're going to be dry we we start to plan ahead of time, um, you know, to, to be ready for those those situations. Uh, but it's impossible, right? I mean, we all know that a forecast is is liable to change, you know, within the hour or within the day. So it gets frustrating when you you see this and you're pretty certain you're gonna you're going to experience this weather and you do all these things to prepare and then you then you face the opposite 
that's challenging and frustrating, but that's just the way it is. Um, you know, we, we're proactive and reactive all, all at the same time, but we've done it long enough. Everyone here has done it long enough to, you know, we still get frustrated, but we're getting better at understanding what we can and can't control. Uh, so, you know, if things don't go exactly as planned because of something out of our control, we react to it and we do what we can, then we move on and, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but we're getting better at it. Yeah, going back to that a little bit, how often would you guys say you're able to be proactive and kind of get those plans ready? And how often do those pay off? And how often do you guys find yourselves having to react to a situation you didn't really expect to be in as far as weather? Um, spring and fall are a little bit more reactive because the weather patterns tend to be a little bit more or a little bit less um, predictable. When you get into July and August, odds are you're going to be hot and you're going to be dry. So, you know, you get into that stretch and you know, it's kind of a grind because it's hot and dry, but you also know it's hot and dry. Uh, I think the worst thing anybody can do on a golf course is, is water too much. And, and, you know, now you've got disease issues, you've got compaction issues, you've got soils that don't have proper oxygen ratios. And um, that can happen pretty quick in spring. That can happen pretty quick in fall. And once the water's down, you know, let's say we, we, you know, we're not supposed to get any rain. We water pretty heavy, and then all of a sudden we get another half inch of rain. Then we hit a wet period that just lingers. Well, there's nothing we can do about that. You can't react to that. You can shut your water off, but there, you can't. There's nothing you can do to really dry those soils out. Um, so, spring and fall that tends to happen far more often than July and August. So, um, you know, spring and fall are reactive. July and August typically are proactive you know we know we're going to be hot we know we're going to be dry put the adequate water down hand water greens um be really specific with the water uh and, and so it's it's a little bit easy to be proactive um during that time frame i'll give you an example of, you know what i'm we were it would have been tournament day four so sunday of, of last year's tournament we really wanted to dry the place down going, you know, from day three to day four or dry it down, you know, more than we had maybe for day one and two. And we'd accomplished that. I came in early that morning. Um, I knew if, if the sun was out and the wind, wind was going to blow, the golf course was going to be really, really, really good. And five hours later, we are squeegeeing greens and, and mowing around puddles. We had, I think, three quarters of an inch between maybe six o'clock and 11 o'clock, you know? So it's, you do all these things, you work hard. Everybody makes the right decisions for 10, 15 days in a row. And just like that, it's kind of all, it's all, you know, gone. But that's just that's kind of the way it is. You go from being really excited about being really great tournament conditions to just being happy that they got the 18 hole round in. I got you. So one last question for you. What's new at Indian Creek that people can see this year? And what do you think is kind of the future of your guys' club? Um, well, we, we built a brand new range tee. So yeah, anyone who's been out here, um, you know, experienced what we used to have. We had kind of three little shelves, uh, you know, the back tee higher than the front tee. We came in and regraded that and created one big, surface it's almost two acres um 
and kind of sand capped it a little bit, so we integrated like four inches of sand into the topsoil so that it drains a little bit better, added new irrigation, added internal drainage. Um, so, that, that, you know, that's not open yet. I'm hoping we can have that open Memorial Day or around that time frame. Um, so that'll be probably the biggest change for a paying customer. We did some other things around our shop, um, you know, a, a maintenance drive, a driveway to our indoor hitting bay, some of that stuff. I mean, that's going to be something that really is an experience for anybody on the golf course. But, um, I, I mean, what's to come? I think everybody here is motivated to continue to get better. Um, you know, it, it's this is going to be different. You know, we'll see with everything. You know, everything's going to be <laughs> A little bit different you know do projects we had planned for this year do we push those back do we wait our right now our september and october our august september and october are slammed most of our early season events have pushed back into august september october that is typically um our project time frame so you know just from a scheduling standpoint it might be tough tough to get out there and and you know make any major changes drainage is always on the top of the list if we can get out on some fairways and continue to add drainage to fairways um, that'll be um, you know significant improvement but as for big projects we have a ton of ideas you know i'm not going to get into what the specifics are but we've got we've got lists of really cool things that um you know i could see us picking away at over the next three four five six seven ten years um, I just I just think the trajectory of the facility is really strong right now, and um, you know Omaha continues to move west, so our demographic is getting closer to the facility. So I think between you know our customers being here now, being close to the property, and you know the motivation of our owners to be really good, and the team we have throughout the golf course, I think uh, I think the next five years are going to be great. I got you. Well, there you have it, everybody. Jim Nedro, head superintendent at Indian Creek. You can see his course this summer at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Jim, thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Stay safe.